Support WrestleTalk! Insert friendly British voice. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk news. I'm bootleg Adam Blompier, filling in for Ollie, Luke, Pete, Adam, Laurie, and or insert British white male, because I'm a real smartass. Now our top story. While the world anticipates a rampage in Chicago, Chicago Skyline segue, local precious metal and lukewarm silver bro Luke Owen has revealed on the WrestleTalk podcast one week ago that the inaugural fantasy booking warfare tournament was sent invitations via DMs, leaving many fantasy bookers to wonder, where was wrestling with fiction in that conversation? Rumors have since come out regarding the incident, suggesting that Wrestling With Fiction has garnered backstage heat with the company, due to Connor, the show's creator, fantasy booking Sully vs Colt Cabana before Adam Blompier. Jay Delta of the Wrestling Recorder newsletter later corroborated the story, stating that Adam was pissed backstage, forcing many WrestleTalk and No Rolls Barred members to play Monopoly against their will. Things are looking pretty dicey for anyone who opposes the corgi connoisseur that is plumpy, but I'm sure everything's fine. It's the wrestling business. When when does backstage he ever mean anything in the dirt? We see this all the time and oh god, there's more news. Yes, because whilst trying to differentiate himself from the pack, he still finds himself in even more trouble. Whilst he's the first and only man to ever fantasy book Link and the Pokemon trainer into the wrestling business, According to Sam and Dan of the Sweet Chinwag podcast, WrestleTalk veteran and kawaii senpai Ollie Davis is reportedly not high on him backstage. Further going on to state, he would bet good Louis Dangor money that he would flop on the WrestleTalk roster, adding that giraffes suck and that he has too much hair. Put some size on and we'll talk. Ending the conversation with, wait, who is he? Well, the former Golden Joe with some truly glowing remarks, but I'm sure the whole world is wondering what my response is. Okay, ignoring all the supposed backstage heat, I am legitimately a fan of all wrestle talk. I I remember beginning to start watching you guys back in your WrestleMania 33 review, and I've been Essentially a fan ever since. I've been subscribed to No Rolls Bard. Hell, I've done a bunch of even more random stuff with that. I've watched a bunch of, like, PFK, uh, the return of, like, Adam's booking videos, and all of that fun stuff. For me, it would be an absolute honor to be on Fantasy Booking Warfare, purely because, uh, you know, it's basically what I do here. It, it, even if it's just, like, a little bit longer, I feel like it would just be so much fun to do and for me i can't imagine anything that could convince me otherwise of doing this i i have grown up watching this and i know that through this year of hard work and dedication that i am the only one who could truly be fitting to be on a future fantasy booking warfare wait that's cm punk what, 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 well, what, well, screw what I said! See you, Punk Day! W confirmed!
gentlemen and ladies gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to this very anxious and nervous edition of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I jam that jam and pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor and in case you missed the title, hi there Wrestle Talk. I'm booking Ollie Davis this week. So some of you might be wondering, Connor, you don't book real people. You book wrestling characters sometimes. You book video game characters. You you even book some anime characters now and then. Well, to put it simply, uh, in case some people don't know, I'm the guy who booked Sully versus Colt Cabana. And uh, that, that did really well. And yeah. I wanted to do it on Ollie Davis. So, quick little backstory here. I've been a fan of Ollie Davis for several years. I remember watching him back when it was all the Wrestle Ramble, seeing some clips from Flickering Myth. Shout out to Flickering Myth. And seeing what really made me a fan, his early WrestleMania 33 reviews with Luke Owen. So I've I've seen the growth of the Wrestle Talk channel from some very early stages. I won't say the beginning, because let's face it, I probably haven't. So, Ollie, if you are watching this, hi. I'm a fan. I hope the beginning did not confuse you with that. But, with that said, I'm going to say this right now. There are timestamps in the description. Just simply go down. If you don't want to hear me chat and ramble a bit about how I want to book Ollie Davis, you can just go right down there and skip to whatever point you want. Because, uh, I'm about to go off a little bit, because, uh, it's a little known, it's not a known secret, it's widely publicly known that I want to be on Fantasy Booking Warfare, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot through tweets, posts, I even made a random really bad video talking about my love to try and do that. And, what, what random thing that has just made me, you know, get a little bit hot after the night of CM Punk debuting on Rampage, which was an amazing moment, was that parts for known have themselves the third round of the fantasy booking warfare tournament. And they so happen to have the, the boy, the man, the myth, the legend, that is Sullivan Bo Brown against Lloyd Brake. Fantastic matchup, by the way. But there's one thing that they're booking, which is oddly suspicious to me as a man who had just recently booked a particular storyline. They booked the John Cena heel turn! <laughs> and, uh... Now, for so some of you who may not be here, a week ago, I just booked the John Cena heel turn. I, I completely understand if this is a coincidence, but for me, I'm losing my mind over here. <laughs> for me, it's like, oh my god, are they, do, they, do they actually watch me? Did, did I get Senpai to notice me? Has this whole plan, before it's even started, actually happened? Has Senpai actually noticed me? And I realize, probably not, but will it discourage me? No, because somehow, through some weird acts of fate, we end up booking the John Cena heel turn at roughly a similar time. So if people want to go check out my thoughts on it, go check out the parts for known version of it with Sully and Laurie. Great booking. Personally, my favorite was Laurie's. And then if you want, go back and check my one out because, uh, you know, corporate shilling's a beautiful thing. And with that, I'm I'm very excited to go into this. 
I, I've went on my cheeky little rant. Ollie Davis is a very interesting person to talk about, to pitch into wrestling, because he's already kind of been in the wrestling business back with the NGW days. If you guys remember New Generation Wrestling, I hopefully I did not botch that. Hopefully, my memory's a bit blank there. Uh, his time also doing with the Wrestle Talk Showcase, in which he was a, you know, parodying Triple H as the, you know, ring announcer to working on commentary. So there are already elements that you can do. But I'm not looking to just put him in that position. I'm wondering if you can book Ollie Davis as a professional wrestler. Not only do that, have him in professional wrestling matches. Because we don't do it easy here at Wrestling With Fiction. We don't just make him a commentator. We don't just make them a manager. We try and go outside the box. So without further ado, Let's discuss how we could slot Ollie Davis into the wrestling business and in the ring in about four minutes. Okay, so on the surface, this is supposedly incredibly easy to do. Ollie Davis has shown that he does have some feats of strength. Unlike Sullivan Bo Brown, who we had to kind of guess and assume through his, you know, bits of background in dancing and acting, Ollie Davis already has some physical feats of his own that if you were listening to the WrestleTalk podcast, you'd be aware of, such as him running a marathon slash half marathon, him actually doing what could be some form of gym exercise, presumably just traditional gym work based off of Twitter photos, and He's shown to be strong enough, as shown by a very small Twitter video, able to squat multiple times his lady partner. Now, it would be rude for me to assume weight, so I am just only really going to assume that is a average-sized woman. I don't really know. So, with that, we've already got a decent baseline for Ollie. He's a, arguably, above-average fitness-level individual who, from what we can only assume based off of research into his very early LinkedIn profiles, going into his old time in Flickering Myths and work that he did in Channel 4, is around his early 30s, which is actually pretty good for pro wrestling. Like, when you consider how late people like DDP got into the wrestling business and Batista, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. With that, we also have to put in the factors that he is actually got worldwide recognition with the WrestleTalk fan base. That is something that can easily get you into some sort of high-profile position, because remember, if Bad Bunny can do it, anybody can do it. So, with that in mind, that's all the basic physical attributes that are aware of Ollie Davis. We're not going into kayfabe, which is a, a whole other thing. So, if you're a fan of WrestleTalk, you've seen a series of skits with Ollie Davis that have, you can arguably fit into the kayfabe universe of pro wrestling, which basically means we've got spooky bollocks to play with. So, if any of you remember the early WrestleTalk Cultaholic collaboration when they did a predictions off at SummerSlam, you would know that in Ollie Davis's attempt to figure out who is Byron Saxton, he teleported into the internet. And he couldn't remember it. Basically meaning that Ollie Davis has essentially the power to pull an isekai, a kawaii moment if you will, going into the internet. 
that's kind of broken. And that's not even factoring in something a little bit more recent, because some of you might be thinking, oh, but that, that can't really be added in there. How does that apply to wrestling? Well, let's put in something that is technically a physical feat of strength in kayfabe. He survives a bomb! Okay? Ollie Davis survives a bomb in his own flat that in the edit shows explosions of not only his house, but a dent in the earth. Keep in mind that a bomb that is likely the equivalent, a nuke, is essentially has the power of 10 tons to up to 50 megatons of TNT. And he only is off for about a couple weeks. Now, well, I know the real life reason, but if you put that into real life perspective here, that's stronger than Link. That's more endurance than the Pokemon trainer. That's arguably more endurance than goddamn Monkey D. Luffy, a man made of flipping rubber. So yeah, Ollie Davis has a series of things that we can definitely talk about in terms of how he could work as a professional wrestler. And we've definitely got more to cover that's gone beyond the four minutes. So we're going to you know, move that also into a little segment that I like to call the tagline, which if you are new to this podcast and you don't know what the heckings the tagline is, well, one, it's a clever piece of alliteration to tie into the world of wrestling. And it's basically my summary of what I plan to do with the wrestler, or in this case, wrestling content creator of the week. And uh, we're also going to be touching on some, you know, particular special moves that we could do with Mr. Ollie Davis for this week. So, with that, consider it a 30-word summary, including some extra details and explanations, kind of like what you would see on a Netflix browse or a Crunchyroll browse, because I won't let this down, WWE has a Crunchyroll thing! And I don't know why, I don't know why it exists, I don't know why it even happens, but it's supposedly still happening! So with that out the way, without further ado, I think it's time that I ask myself and you, my fictional friends, to cue the music, future me! Okay, so diving into the Ollie Davy, Davy, Ollie Davis character more. His primary goal, if you're putting him into an insert wrestling business, is arguably still the same as what he's said about the WrestleTalk channel itself. It's to make it the one-stop shop of essentially anything in wrestling. Your go-to bit for all your latest wrestling news, your speculations, your fantasy bookings, basically the variety channel. So his goal in professional wrestling is really something that kind of reflects that. It reflects the mysteries that have been left unsolved, whether it be running jokes. And it also reflects his ultimate goal for, you know, wrestle talk as a whole. Because he's one of the, say, many faces of wrestle talk. He's one of the, he's the founding member that has eventually, you know, led the channel to be as much a success as it is. And for me, the ultimate tagline for Ollie is simply wanting to create a company for everything pro wrestling. 
A passionate content creator enters the wrestling ring to entertain and expand his brand because at the core, that's the goal of WrestleTalk. You can get by the entertainment, you can get by with the skits and all this other stuff that's been added, but at its core, it's to bring the latest daily wrestling news and provide it in a way that is suitable for, I guess, modern society and its, you know, occasions to, you know, in British culture, take the piss out of it. And with it, that brings a whole new road possibilities to it. A exploration into what you can do with a comedic character, as we've seen with the likes of Orange Cassidy, and what happens when the laughing stops. And that's something I'm particularly intrigued by. And honestly, I think that has a lot of potential. So with that, I may as well just get into some particular finishing moves because I wasn't able to get to it in the previous segment. I've devised a couple moves for Oliver Davis, some mostly related to the, you know, channels that he's created alongside his fellow WrestleTalk pals. Uh, one of them being the Jam That Jam Neckbreaker. Now some of you might be asking, why would Ollie Davis use a neckbreaker? Well, put it simply, Jam That Jam Neckbreaker is basically a swinging neckbreaker. Do you guys remember the Michael Migalakati one where he'd like, spin? For me, that kind of resembles like when you put your hand on a jam jar, you really try and like open it up. So you gotta like move it off like it's kind of a headlock. That's kind of how I imagine the jam that jam neckbreaker to be. So that's one of the main finishes, I believe. And another one is a nice little crossface dubbed uh, the Wrestle Ramble in reference to the old podcast name because uh, you kind of got the hands trapped around the face so the mouth was there so they can like say so they give up. So it kind of sounds like they're rambling. You know, when people are like, ah, oh, ah, oh, that's happening. That's basically that added onto it, but I'm I'm really rambling on the Wrestle Ramble, so I should get onto the Wrestle Talk. And with it, it's about time that I pitch my one of two storylines for this week. And uh, put it simply, for the very first storyline, we're gonna finally get the true definitive answer to who is Byron Saxton. <laughs> Now, some of you might be wondering, what do I mean by who really is Byron Saxton? So for those of you who are new to the WrestleTalk channel, or maybe you already know this story, you know that there was a running joke on the WrestleTalk channel before the build-up to the Cultaholic WrestleTalk collaboration SummerSlam predictions extravaganza, that... There was a whole thing about who really is Byron Saxton it revealed to be in the YouTube algorithms, Adam Pacitti. There's one issue with that. It wasn't really Byron Saxton. <laughs> it wasn't. So we're finally going to get the real answer to who is Byron Saxton in this story. And ironically, it happened several years later from that very small interaction. So our story begins several months later from the time of this recording. In the, I want to say, 2022 of Raw, where the pandemic has started to lighten up a bit. In the 
times of hardship and discomfort, WWE has officially still has its, you know, little bit of COVID issues here and there, but it's almost cleared up. And in the almost WWE tradition, we find ourselves with a little bit of classic little travel issues because uh, we know WWE loves its cheeky little travel issues. As Raw finds itself in the UK, where general manager Adam Pearce, due to the travel issues, has several talented staff who are unable to make it to Raw, leading to a very special guest commentator to appear. Because, ladies and gentlemen, because of Raw being taped live in the UK and all the random shenanigans that's trying to get bunches and bunches of talent over to the States, not over to the States, over to the United Kingdom. It has been tasked by General Imagine Adam Pierce to find a replacement guest commentator for the evening. Now, of course, during this, it is a UK-based event in London, where, of course, the WrestleTalk boys are going live to see a Raw, because uh, when wrestling shows go to big wrestling shows, I don't know what I was trying to say, when wrestling shows come to the UK, and they are big, major wrestling promotions. It's a bit like seeing a wild unicorn in the wild. And I don't know why I emphasize wild and wild. We're off to a great start for this story. And in which we get several segments throughout the show. We're going to say about the first half of Raw is dedicated to Adam Pearce having these segments, trying to find a person or individual to be on the guest commentary team who has some credentials. Until... Well, he lands on a particular WrestleTalk member. That being Ollie Davis, because remember, WrestleTalk Showcase was a thing. And in it, well, Ollie Davis was a commentator. So in this, we get Ollie Davis kind of like nervously looking to this. I'm assuming six foot one, six foot two man, just being, you know, just. Very, very nervous, but, you know, the rest of the group, like, Luke is like, oh, yeah, he, he could do commentary. He could definitely do it. And Ollie's like, I, 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 I don't know if I can. <laughs> yes, you can. And Adam Pierce just says, hey, do you know who this man is? Do you think Ollie Davis can be a raw commentator? The crowd, obviously, in the section, because remember, WrestleTalk does get roughly about I'm going to be getting a statistic off of my head. I'm only going off the recent AEW review. About 29k per thing on the WrestleTalk podcast. So you can get a decent amount of people saying, yeah! Eventually, basically allowing Adam Pierce to say, get on that booth, I'm taking you to Gorilla. <laughs> you know, we get like a little like Ollie chant going like, Ollie, 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 as he kind of like... Looks like, oh my god, I did it! I did it! Even though I'm nervous, I did it! I don't know how, but we did it! <laughs> and of course, you know, that could be used as a clip for a later WrestleTalk news. As a little funny clip, kind of like how Buddy Murphy was like, oh yeah, I watch WrestleTalk. Moving on from that. Basically, the popularity of WrestleTalk, the convenience of the crowd, gets Ollie Davis backstage. Basically getting him all ready for his big commentary debut on the grand stage of WWE Raw because let's be honest who really cares about Raw commentary so if people are complaining about that it doesn't matter because Raw doesn't care and neither should you 
Except in this story, because for the first time ever, we get, during halfway through the show, Ollie Davis getting to meet Byron Saxton for the first time. We get to see him look over to Byron Saxton, not on a television screen, but in real life, sitting only really meters away as wrestlers like Cedric, Jeff Hardy, uh, Shelton Benjamin, and various others begin to wrestle, have all their things, building to the eventual Keith Lee-Bobby Lashley main event in which Keith Lee is fighting for the WWE Championship because Keith deserves everything. It is during this that, of course, we get the classic WWE trait because even in a perfect world, you gotta have your flaws in there. We get our random chaos schmoz moment where, you know, over the course of the show, Ollie Davis has just been glancing at Byron Saxon. He's he's still commentating on the matches, but he's just, he's really looking at Byron Saxton because, you know, who really is Byron Saxton? And we've, we've the world has wondered. You know, the, the running joke isn't really a joke anymore. Does, does anyone know who Byron Saxton is? I don't know. You don't know. Does the world know? And it's in this moment of chaos. It's Byron Saxton sits there trying to commentate on the match as the chaos between Bobby Lashley and Keith Lee ensues that Ollie Davis takes off his headset and Allah in a Scooby-Doo bollocks moment, we see Ollie Davis just attempt to... <laughs> In his own weird way, attempt to unmask Byron Saxton as security come to essentially restrain Ollie Davis in the chaos as Byron Saxton begins to run. As Ollie begins to try and grab her microphone saying, I need to know! I need to know! Who is Byron Saxton? I need to know! Who is it? Who? 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 That will be important later. So we move on to next week. And as you can tell already by this story, it's already complete bollocks because you don't need every storyline to be super serious. And if you're talking about like a YouTube thing with YouTube is in there, you don't need them all to win a world title. So I'm letting you keep that in mind because it's gonna get even more ridiculous from here. So we move on to the next week of Raw when it's been reported by, you know, various news outlets that local, local wrestling news star Ollie Davis has attempted to figure out who really is Byron Saxton. After several years, he has attempted to finally figure it out once and for all. What was once a old joke has once again resurfaced into real life and we see live via satellite, Ollie attempt to explain his actions and how it's always been a mystery. He's been wondering for years that it's that why, you know, underneath the subscribe crab, the jam that jam and more, that was all for the YouTube algorithm. Those are all fun and games. This thing with Byron Saxton, it's real life. Does does anyone know where Byron Saxton came from? Does anybody know his background? Who really is Byron Saxton? Why is he a commentator? What is he doing on my show that I grew up watching as a child? 
and he begins to you know, ramble on about that as it's revealed later in the show that Byron Saxon has filed a restraining order against Ollie Davis after the attempted assault on the commentary desk. Because remember, Byron Saxon is a supposed professional, you know, being a former professional wrestler himself. And it's during this we see Byron Saxton sitting there commentating on a New Day match as over the surprise to everyone, Ollie Davis finds himself on another episode of Raw crowd jumping. His want to find Baron Saxon overflows him and essentially he gets closer and closer to the thing but still doesn't quite get it because security shenanigans and it's in the middle of a New Day versus oh my god I forgot the name of tag teams War Raiders Viking Raiders Raiders <laughs> where they're in the middle of their little exchange trying to get over particular moves as Xavier Wood looks on as Ollie Davis Kind of, you know, looking kind of a little bit, you know, in the like classic like cartoon moment where they're trying to like think of something like why do they look so familiar? More on that later as Ollie Davis is dragged by security out of the building. It's during this that we start to see, you know, more random stuff happening as Ollie Davis is dragged out still demanding that he wants to see Byron Saxon to figure out who he is. It's during this. Where he's thrown out the building that we see well Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston just simply ask hey leave, leave him out he's fine he's cool as Xavier Woods actually you know helps Ollie up and he explains that well that they helped a you know formerly released superstar Aiden English get back on his feet through the magic of Quizzlemania a thing that for many people, in Xavier Woods' eyes, that is, if you help a brother, you, you're one of us. It's basically helping up Ollie Davis and explaining that, you know, they've always wondered who Byron Saxton really is. Like, he was meant to be the fourth member of New Day, but it never really happened for some reason. Like, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't our fault. It was just something in between. And it's always made us wonder, who really is Byron Saxton? And so, the New Day offers Ollie Davis a particular thing. It is something through the magic of the WWE higher-ups. Because remember, they're really good with creative. They write their own stuff. They convince the WWE board of directors to keep Ollie Davis on as a temporary member of staff. Basically as a understudy for Big E whilst he's on SmackDown for a bit. And this basically gives Ollie Davis an opportunity to wrestle, essentially, as the... You know, the New Day understudy, essentially. <laughs> I guess you can call him the... The Ollie-O? The Ollie-O. That's it, the Ollie-O. We'll keep that up. Basically saying to meet him, meet Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston outside the next big building for Monday Night Raw. And so that happens. Ollie Davis meets them. And he explains how... You know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to find out about Byron Saxon because of this whole restraining order, but... And then we get a flashback, mentally, in his own head, where Ollie Davi Davis remembers that, you know, he once went into the internet once. But he can't quite remember how he got in. Or how he got out. Or how that even happened. Stuff happened. 
And, you know, New Day asks, hey, uh, how how did that happen? Is there a way that you could still do that? Or Davis just simply says, no, 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 I, I, I don't remember. You know, so much has happened in the past couple of years. And the New Day, you know, the, the New Day being the New Day, basically, want to help. Because I don't know if you people remember, but back in the old days of 2015, the New Day made a time machine. <laughs> so in the coming weeks, whilst Ollie Davis is forced to wrestle on things like Main Event, 205 Live, trying to get over the Wrestle Talk stuff, he is also building a time machine with the New Day to go back in time to figure out how we ended up through a random scavenger hunt, mind you, of riddles about who is Byron Saxton. To travel back in time to figure out how to use the internet to find out who really is Byron Saxton, so you may not even have to do anything about it. So in this, we have several weeks of Ollie Davis in a bunch of random segments getting trained by the New Day with, you know, comedic like sized jars of jam you know, making that the new New Day gimmick because they had pancakes before. You can give them big giant jam jars saying jam that jam. That's a merchandise seller, right? So that is stuff. You get some bits of Ollie Davis doing sit-ups with like a weighted jam jar. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking like a classic like a marathon sprint with like a bottle of jam on his back. All of that, all prepping for matches against, you know, some of Tazawa's ninjas. We get over the jam that jam neck breaker. We get over the wrestle ramble crossface. And we build to eventually them going through the time machine. And they do. They go through from week to week a series of skits as Byron Saxton criticizes them on commentary to say, this is absolutely ridiculous. I, I love the New Day, but this, this Ollie Davis guy, th does he not know what he's doing? Honestly, why why is this on television? You know, us on Monday Night Raw, we put on some good quality product. And it's during this that we get to the final segment. It's been a few weeks at this point. Where we are finally back into the point where we get some behind-the-scenes footage. You have, like, The New Day and Ollie Davis finding themselves in the part right before Ollie Davis finds himself in the internet and we get there and we find it that well, Ollie Davis Ollie Davis doesn't know and quite frankly he never saw it in fact it's almost like a glitch that happens when they finally see it it's just it kind of happens out of nowhere it was the once in a lifetime anomaly that they Unable to really explain. Unable to really fulfill. And, well, through a lack of circumstances, Ollie Davis is unable to find out who really is Byron Saxton by going back in time. And through this and through all these series of wrestling matches, we, we ponder on who really is Byron Saxton. After traveling back in time, after having a bunch of series of squash matches to get over a series of moves we we really wonder just like in the old new day skits of them trying to figure out like Kofi Kingston's 2009 was my best year you know maybe that was the best year of wrestle talk in Ollie's mind well 
It's in that moment that Ollie's eyes light up. Because he suddenly realizes something in the them joking about the past. He knows who Byron Saxon is all along. Byron Saxton is a wrestler. Because who is Byron Saxton to Ollie Davis? He's a man that represents a time where NXT and his fandom and love of professional wrestling was at its worst. A time where riveting storytelling was thrown to the back burner and it felt like he was about to give up on wrestling. And this time where NXT is slowly reverting back and all this chaos is ensuring around the WWE and he's watching it all fall and fall and fall. Byron Saxon reminds him of the past. The past that is long gone. The past where he was never a wrestling fan. And in that moment, he officially says that he knows who Byron Saxon is. And he understands that who he is isn't the reality anymore. So he returned to the present. Because time machine bollocks is really fun, but it wouldn't last forever. And we get Ollie Davis for the first time. Enter a ring on Raw, grabbing a microphone, and apologizing to Byron Saxon. Saying, just, I'm, I'm sorry. And in this moment, Byron Saxton comes into the ring. Because remember, he can do that. Just because he's a commentator doesn't mean that he's bound to a chair. Comes in, they hug it out a bit. Through the, you know, apologies and all that stuff. And, like a thief in the night. Byron Saxton just kicks Ollie Davis in the dick. <laughs> Because in this moment, we get a proper heel, Byron Saxton, after low-blowing Ollie Davis, just saying that, you know, I've always been a joke to these people. Corey Graves, Michael Cole, Ollie Davis, nobody around here respects me. Even when I tried to be the good guy supporting people like The New Day, nobody respected me, you know. I think I am the voice of a generation. I am the voice of your childhood. I am the new voice of the WWE. And in this, we get the build to a very special event in a Monday Night Raw going back to London. Ollie Davis versus Byron Saxton in a London Riot street fight. In which the build of the match is, who is the real honorary member of the New Day? Is it Ollie? Or is it Byron Saxton? So we get the classic, you know... Pro Wrestling Brawl. If you guys remember the early Fighter Fest in like 2019 for AEW where it was, uh, oh my god, I don't remember. Uh, Jeff Bailey, I think it was Jeff Bailey versus Michael Nakazawa. It was this video game themed street fight. Imagine the type of similar match quality, but for this, where at the end it's the New Day trying to decide, oh, who do they want to help out here? Do they want Ollie? Do they want Byron? Do they want Ollie? Do they want Byron? And of course, you know, they're holding up a big jam jar and they unlock the jam and they just shove the jam in Byron's face, allowing Ollie to do a real life jam that jam, getting the one, two, three. Ollie Davis defeats Byron Saxton. He finds out who Byron Saxton is and it's just a marker of a time that was long, long forgotten. <laughs>
And if that's not a theme for these stories, <laughs> I don't know what is. As you can see, this is completely ridiculous. It makes no sense. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. It makes no sense. But that's the joy of it. The joy of booking a random wrestling content creator. Because they've been through weird bollocks. And you can book weird bollocks. And weird bollocks isn't bad. Think, the WLC match. It's stupid in concept, but was fun. The, if you go back and you watch some random hardcore matches with it that make no sense, they're fun. Crash Holly's whole hardcore title reign. It was utterly stupid, but it was fun. This is what I want from Ollie Davis. I just want to take the random satire, the random ridiculousness, and turn it up to 11. If it's finding out who Byron Saxton really is, and he's going on a time machine quest with the New Day, I will make it a time machine quest with the New Day. With that, that is the first storyline and, you know, we'll get on to one that's a little bit more serious, because I know, you know, this isn't everybody's cup of tea. But that isn't really current. You're using something back in 2017. So, you want me to go a little bit more current? I will. Because in this next pitch, I should tell you, specifically here, uh, this person believes that he's better than you, and he knows it. <laughs> So our story in the second storyline pitch begins on the post-AEW Full Gear Media Scrum where, of course, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, after having a successful match on the pay-per-view, is getting several questions coming in from the likes of Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated, Jesus, Sports Illustrated, Give Me Sport, Fightful, and of course, Wrestle Talk, where you know, what they all do in their special media scrums, Rampage had one, where they emphasize that on the next call will be Ollie Davis from WrestleTalk, and the mediator says that, and MJF simply responds with, wait, is that Oliver? Oliver Davis? What are you doing here, bud? What's going on with you? Yeah. I mean, I can't see you, but your hairline looks great. You know, playing off the little exchange on Twitter, and, you know, Ollie just gets that, you know, that little bit flustered. You know, if you remember the rest of talk review where, like, Lily winks at Ollie. It's like, oh, <laughs> MJF, stop. <laughs> Ollie just, you know, you know, all flustered. Just says, well, uh, how, how are you doing? And MJF just simply responds, just saying, yeah, I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm, I am the greatest AEW competitor of all time still. I've beaten Chris Jericho not once, but twice, more than anybody else in this company. And now I'm speaking to you. That's great. And with that, you know, the media just says, hey, look, that's that's the next question. We're going to be moving on to MGF's. Oh, cut you off there, bud. I, I want another question from Ollie. And this goes on for the next several questions where... Essentially, Ollie is trying to get some questions out, but he's like, oh, someone, someone just complimented me. I, I want to be friends. <laughs> Let's be friends. Because <laughs> remember, whilst that might, may or may not be the real Ollie Davis, if you're complimented enough and you start doing that, you might just have a casual chit-chat. You know, big up some people's ego. It works fine. It works marvelously. 
but why on earth is this happening? We will find out later. So, over the course of several weeks of Dynamite with the AEW Dynamite reviews, uh, Ollie Davis's segment that would usually last about four minutes becomes six because he starts spending more and more time creating this running gag where he says that MJF is his best friend. During this, it all builds to the eventual AEW show that's going to be in the UK for the first time ever, as it was the initial plan in the early stages of AEW. And so we build to a very special show that is MJF versus Pac as the very special main attraction match. And with it, you know, some of the people who are right in the front row are the WrestleTalk boys. You got your Ollie Davises, you got your Luke Owens, you got your Laurie Blake, you got your Adam Blompiers, and you've got your Chopper Pete's. Tempest can't make it because he's in Canada, but we've got the whole crew here. With that, MJF comes out for his match. He, you know, we get the do 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 do. And immediately he starts chatting to Ollie Davis, just putting him over and the saying that, hey, look, I've I've been a fan of you for years. Like, I, I love Wonder Ollie. You know, I'm I was a big fan of Mr. Davis. You know, have have you seen the suits? I, I inspired my entire persona off of you, my friend. You are truly an inspiration to online content creation. And he walks off, he gets he starts having his big match with Pac. And you know he starts the when he's like resting outside and running away from Pac. Like, hey, can I can I call you the Big O? You you seem like someone who'd be called the Big O. You know, big owner of Wrestle Talk. And immediately, you know, you see the rest of the group being like, what what is he on about? Ollie just kind of blindly taking the compliments. Like, see, he's a good guy. As immediately he pulls a heel move on Pac. It's like, no, he's not. It's like, yes, he is. <laughs> Did you see? He just complimented my hairline. It's great. <laughs> in this we build to the <laughs> climactic moment in this match where basically MJF you know down and out for a bit he he begins to order something from members of the pinnacle who have also entered as well I forgot to mention that but they're also there in which they they kindly ask Ollie Davis to enter the ring through the barricade as they've gotten permission or they haven't got permission. It's basically like Wardlow picking him up and putting him in. To basically grab the dynamite diamond ring. As the rest of Wrestle Talk is like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. Security is going to get you, Ollie. And at this point, Ollie, he's he's just trying to help out his friend here. Well, like, you know, he knows the Wrestle Talk people will be fine. You know, he isn't covering every single show now. So he grabs the dynamite diamond ring. He passes it to MGF whilst the referee is knocked out. Delivers it to MJ, delivers it to Pac. MJF wins, beating Pac. And the pinnacle celebrates with MJF as he, as he's regaining consciousness, asking Ollie Davis to come into the ring as well. And with this, Luke is out there just saying, you realize who you're talking to? And Ollie just responds, yes. Look, Luke responds, he calls himself the salt of the earth. Ollie simply responds, yeah. But sometimes everybody needs a little bit of salt in their life. As that happens, MJF and the rest of the pinnacle take Ollie Davis to the back mid-show as the rest of the WrestleTalk crew look completely baffled. <laughs> it's in this point that they 
try to get to backstage. You know, the show is important. Everybody loves a bit of AEW in their lives, but what is more important is that they get their friend. And in this point, we get some backstage segments with Ollie Davis and the Pinnacle. Basically, just praising Ollie once again and making Ollie, you know, a little bit of a smart baby face here. Questioning, like, is this friendship really real, MJF? Like, you know, I've been watching your career in AEW from the very beginning. I've I've seen you wrestle with Cody Rhodes. I've seen you wrestle with Chris Jericho. But we're, we're friends, right? Like, there's, there's nothing there. MJF immediately, you know, refuses to think, oh, 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 oh. Listen to me. What would I gain from attacking you and making you my enemy? Chris is a former world champion, a, a legend in our industry. You, you're a friend to me. I, I don't say this often because in this business, you can't trust anyone. You're not in this business. You're a viewer of the business. People view me as the bad guy, but when they get to know me, I'm just a common man. Just like you. With gifts. Talents. In fact, more than talents. Friendships. And he, he offers his hand out to Ollie. And he... This is going to sound really corny. So, brace yourselves. Come with me to the next dynamite. Basically me, he wants to fly out Ollie to the US. <laughs> Think uh, a la Andrade trying to guide the Lucha Bros to the next building via a limousine. That that kind of treatment, but in real life here. As members of the WrestleTalk crew, you know, hearing about this, try to text message Ollie live on it. I was like, what are you doing? Don't do this. Like, you know, he's just a he's just a random stranger. It's at this point, you know, MGF gets out a contract saying that. I, I talked to TK to get you a per-appearance basis. And Ollie Davis, you know, he, he signs it because, you know, when you're a fan of wrestling, there's always that dream in the back of your mind that you can be a professional wrestler or that you can live the professional wrestling life. There's a there's kind of a dream of that to some extent. I think Ollie's talked about this on a couple occasions. He, I believe he once mentioned that he tried to train to be a wrestler. This is like essentially getting the golden ticket in Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Y you take the ticket. So of course Ollie signs the ticket. He's going out there with MJF to the States. It's almost like a... <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know why I'm making movie references. Annie! There we go. Annie. With it, they go. They go there. And with it, Luke is essentially soloing a bunch of the WrestleTalk news in Ollie's absence, reviewing AEW Dynamite on the occasions that where Ollie Davis can't really record it remotely. Because, you know, different time zones, all of that shenanigans. And with it, on the occasions that Ollie Davis does get an AEW Dynamite review, well, Ollie's a. Uh, basically not even four minutes they're not six minutes they're like two seconds where it's just hey this is my review of AEW in about four minutes mgf was there he's great five out of five and with it 
we get these segments on AEW Dark and Elevation where, you know, Ollie Davis for the first time is getting a, a bunch of tune-up matches to because now he's with the pinnacle for these things. They're, they're giving him a couple pointers, telling him, hey, this is how you do this. Like, you're, a, you're in good shape, bud. You can take on this local enhancement talent. And with it, we're getting these messages from Luke Owen, who's trying to call him live via satellite, telling him, hey, look, what what are you doing? Why, why are you still with MJF? He's like, I am doing my dream. I'm finally getting to live my dream, Luke. You know I've wanted this. Like, I've wanted to make WrestleTalk the main place for everything in wrestling. We, in a re in a channel called WrestleTalk, we don't have a wrestler. And th that can be me, Luke. And <laughs> Luke just, we have Tempest. And Ollie just like, but he's not in the UK, is he? Because <laughs> at this point, we, we build and build and start to get Ollie Davies getting a little bit more aggressive in the ring. He's starting to embrace those heel tactics of MJF as, you know, the crowds begin to not really, like, like MJF, but kind of, you know, silence the booze a bit. We're starting to see, you know, the goodwill of WrestleTalk starting to rub off on MJF as he's kind of the new best friend to Ollie Davis. And this all culminates in a very simple wrestle talk review where we're live via satellite with ollie davis and luke owen where they're talking about the aew dynamite review and for the first time we get mjf coming in for a cameo in the middle of it and uh he he kindly asked ollie to hey do you mind if you just leave the room and you know go with spears for a bit the spears wiser and go have yourself a little bit of fun but he says okay because you know mjf is his best friend and you know, we, we got a show to prepare for. It's fine. We can do that. Definitely. And so he walks off. All of that happens. It's just MJF and Luke Owen. And you know what we do? We see the classic heel MJF properly come out. It says, okay, listen here, you sonic simp. The Oster here doesn't need to listen to you. The man, the myth, the legend behind WrestleTalk writes your checks, bud. Listen to what he says. Luke simply just responds, Do you think that I'm so easily fooled? You're using him to make yourself seem like you're a much more likable person than you actually are. And to my surprise, he's actually working. You're, you're manipulating these people to believe in the things that you believe. That, that doesn't build fans. That doesn't make people like you. That doesn't make you the face of AEW. That makes you a villain. And Luke just simply continues on saying that you're using him. He is my friend. Friend? Your, your boss is your friend? Do you know what shows you watch, pal? That does not exist. You're expendable. Another Robin to his Batman ready to be replaced. Another Silver Bro to his Golden Joe. Who, in week to week on Dynamite, it's you, bud. But you know who, but you know who it is, Lukewarm? It's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That's his real best friend. The undisputed king of AEW. And Ollie Davis's new best friend. Because I'm better than you. 
and you know it. So MJF cuts off the stream live on air in the middle of the review. It's covered on bits like Rampage is a very short clip, covered on AEW Dark. Of course, Ollie doesn't see it because, you know, MJF has kindly and politely banned him from using various other forms of social media whilst touring with the pinnacle. You know, saying that, hey, look, I talked to your friends, your buddies, they're, they're doing fine with the channel. See, they're still uploading videos. Ollie's like, can I, can I see? It's like, no, no, you can't. It's fine. It's fine. Do, do you not trust your friends? So it gets to a point where we finally get some of the WrestleTalk crew in there trying to essentially create an intervention for Ollie live on Dynamite backstage. Ask him, look, do you see what he's doing? Do you see what he's trying to do? Ollie just simply says, no, he's my friend. Have you not seen the past couple months of Dynamite? He's done everything to back me up. He's finally making those dreams of making WrestleTalk an all-around thing a dream come true. And he's finally making me feel like I am the face of this channel. You know, after getting people in like Luke, getting people in like Adam, getting people in like Pete, I've, I've started to lose myself in the shuffle. And I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want to be another cog in the machine. I want to be the machine. And of course, Ristocker is like, come on, you're, you're just as valuable to everyone. This is a this is a group effort. Ali says, well, not, not to me. He walks away. Dissension within the ranks of the group as we build to next week's Dynamite where Ollie Davis and MJF have a promo segment essentially saying that they never want to see WrestleTalk around here again. They should never be able to watch any AEW shows again. They are banned from the buildings. They are not going to ruin, in MJF's word, his best friend. And he basically starts saying that, hey, you wanna, you wanna ruin this friendship? You wanna, you wanna see how much good friends that we are? We will take on you and anybody who you dare to bring into this, because we're better than you, and you know it. And you know the crowds go silent. He says, "Look, I dare you. I dare you to do that." And as this happens, we hear a very similar voice on the Titantron. It's it's completely black. And with it, we, we see, you know, it slowly fade in. We hear a voice that sounds very similar to Luke Owen. As for the first time ever on AEW Dynamite, we get the return of WrestleTalk's own Mr. WrestleTalk, a person who is technically not employed by WrestleTalk himself, coming in. And of course, at this point, Ollie looks confused because remember, he had a very fond friendship with Mr. WrestleTalk back when he was Mr. Davis. Well, what, Mr. WrestleTalk? I, I, MJF says, don't, don't listen to him. We are the best friends here. There is nobody in the world in or outside the ring who you would rather team with. And with it, Mr. WrestleTalk begins, it's like, I'm, well, I'm glad you asked. Because with your little challenge, I, I made some particular demands to Mr. Tony Khan that on the very next AEW show live in my hometown of the United Kingdom 
we will have a very special tornado tag team match. It'll be Ollie Davis and MJF versus Mr. WrestleTalk and a partner of my choosing. Now, I am a very honest man. I have watched WrestleTalk grow from its very beginnings to where it is now. And I want to save one of my closest friends. So to do that, I have found a partner to truly speak sense into him. A partner who, for many people, would be considered a true friend of the channel. And with it, he starts to, you know, list off some names. An Eddie Kingston, maybe. A, a maybe a Kenny Omega. Various other people. And he says, well, all of them are truly great choices. But you see, I made a few phone calls to Tony and you know, he allowed me the opportunity to speak to a man who would much like to meet you, Ollie. Though, we wish the circumstances would be different. It's something that you know we have always wanted. Because in a big time match, we've always wished and believed that it should have always been Penta. And out comes for a very brief stare down. It's Penta El Zero Miedo. It is Mr. WrestleTalk, Penta El Zero Miedo versus Ollie Davis and Maxwell Jacob Friedman on a very special United Kingdom show in a tornado tag match, drawing in some of the WrestleTalk fans, drawing in the AEW fans as we get a tornado tag team match. That can only be described as chaotic, jamming the jam of professional wrestling, and simply changing the game. So we get to the United Kingdom show. The match goes how you would kind of expect in a face versus heel dynamic. The baby faces Mr. WrestleTalk, aka Luke Owen, and Pento Zeromiero get the advantage early on with some high flying offense, and Luke Owen simply trying to do a you know, Rolling Thunder, a like Sonic the Hedgehog. And <laughs> with it, you know, we gradually get the heels back to building up MJF. Ollie Davis trying to get back in there. And with it, we start to see the cracks of Ollie Davis's and MJF's friendship begin to crumble a bit. So miscommunication as MJF begins to order Ollie Davis to use the dynamite diamond ring on who he can see is now his friend, Luke Owen. And MGF says, just do it! Do it! Just hit him with it! He does not know you like I do. And of course, Ollie Davis looks conflicted. Why would he punch his best friend who he's been through so many difficult times with? And it's in that confliction. And Penta just taking advantage of this very brief moment of weakness. He's able to kick MJF out of the ring as... Mr. WrestleTalk, Luke Owen, whatever you want to call him, manages to get a roll up on Ollie Davis for a 1-2-3. Luke Owen and Penta Zero Miedo win because, as always, it should have been Penta as MJF and the Pinnacle swarm and attack the pair as MJF tries to give him one more chance to do it. Punch your friend in the face, end this. You are a member of the Pinnacle. You are supposed to be on top. And in a very, you know, collaborative, friendly way, Ollie Davis grabs the dynamite diamond ring, 
puts it on his hand looking like he's about to punch Luke Owen in the face. And he looks to MJF and he says, Not without my friends. And he punches MJF square in the jaw that startles him as the rest of the pinnacle begin to attack. And it's in this moment we get people who have supposedly publicly liked WrestleTalk. People like your Eddie Kingston's, your tag team partners with it, Pac, uh, Ray Phoenix coming out to make the save as they begin to help them and aid them. As Luke Owen gets up to his feet. Ollie Davis gets up to their feet after being beat up by the pinnacle and having a war of words in the build-up to this match. We get a very wholesome best friend style hug where Excalibur says you got to give the people what they want as WrestleTalk is finally reunited. Ollie having a chance to live his dream as a professional wrestler, wherever it be only for a few months despite being manipulated. Luke Owen getting his friend back, MJF getting a brief moment of public approval, and once again, proving that in any story, it should always be Penta. Well, that was a... that was an ending. <laughs> oh god, that was a questionable performance. That was a very questionable performance. I'm... I'm expecting, I'm expecting mild boos from the crowd for what I have done. <laughs> oh, this was such a weird episode to make. Oh, God. Oh, was that a strong performance? Was that good? That was bad. I'm, I'm expecting some, I'm ex I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know. Anyways, with it, that is the end of this tale. That is how I would have booked Ollie Davis in multiple scenarios, booking him in a scenario with Byron Saxton, booking him with best friend MJF, and I guess just trying to make some stuff fun. Because not everything needs to be for a title, not everything needs to be a, you know, perfect love romantic or high stakes storyline. Sometimes you can just have something that's really stupid, and that's your fun story. Nothing needs to be super high stakes. If you can make a, like, piece of toast the most engaging story in the world better than riding a dragon across the seven seas, then absolutely make the story about the toast. And for me, these fantasy bookings were me trying to make the toast. We're trying to make the toast fly across the sea. I don't know. It was something. Anyways... That is the end of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, if you feel free to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app, leave a review if you feel so inclined. It helps out the podcast a lot. I've been doing this for a year. It would be nice to get my first review. That would be lovely. And Wrestle Talk, if you watched this, hopefully this did not suck. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening, please. Please have a absolutely lovely and wonderful day. And if it's not your first time, it's your second, your third, your fourth. Thank you for revisiting. Thank you for liking. Thank you for seeing whatever this was and experiencing what the flip this was. And once again, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this and making my life overall better.
So to close this episode, you can find me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. You can find me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. You can also find me on TikTok at Wrestling With Fiction in case you like that sort of thing. And once again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope every single one of you has an absolutely lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody. <laughs>